Welcome to Audio Reader's Good Works in the Heartland podcast, celebrating the organizations and individuals who are improving the lives of others throughout Kansas, Missouri, and the Midwest. Each episode focuses on one community group, nonprofit, or social service organization that provides essential services to those in need, enriching lives, and connecting communities across the Midwest. In this episode number four, we're featuring Tenants to Homeowners, which is a nonprofit based here in Lawrence, Kansas. In just a few minutes, we'll get to the interview with Laurie Kessinger talking to Rebecca Buford, the Executive Director of Tenants to Homeowners, about the service they offer, the work they do, and how to find out more. But also stick around a little bit later. We'll dive in a little bit deeper to some of the wider community issues regarding home ownership, affordable housing, and the various community issues that touch on this important topic. Also, I want to let you know the Good Works in the Heartland podcast is now on Facebook. As well as all your readers' main Facebook page, we have a Facebook group simply called Good Works in the Heartland, where we'll post updates about upcoming episodes, info about the organizations and services that we've featured, and a place to have a discussion about the issues brought up on the podcast. So this would also be a great place to connect, especially if you're interested in volunteering, supporting, or otherwise keeping up to date with these great organizations doing good work in your community. You can find the group by searching Facebook for Good Works in the Heartland. We hope you join. All right, now to this week's episode with Tenants to Homeowners. All right, this is Good Works in the Heartland, and I am Lori Kessinger, Outreach Coordinator for the Audio Reader Network. I am here with Rebecca Buford of Tenants to Homeowners. Rebecca, go ahead and introduce yourself and give us the mission of your organization. Well, thanks for having me, Lori. I'm Rebecca Buford. I'm the Executive Director of Tenants to Homeowners, and I've been there almost 19 years. And Tenants to Homeowners' mission is building family stability through affordable housing. And we do that through lots of different ways, but affordable housing, rental housing, as well as home ownership that we steward in mainly the Lawrence community, although uh, we serve people throughout Douglas County. And you are located in Lawrence? Yes, we are. Give the address of your office. 2518 Ridge Court, Suite 103, and uh, that is at the United Way Center, the nonprofit incubator there. And and we've been there almost 19 years and are, are proud to be part of that tradition. It is a great location, having all the social services together. So the top three services that you offer? Well, as our name suggests, Tenants to Homeowners, we first began as a mentoring agency helping first-time buyers buy their first house. That There's a lot of education and uh, how do I do this involved, um, and particularly people that may not have had family members that have ever bought, um, you know, learning how do I buy a house in Lawrence. Um, And so that started, you know, over 20 years ago. And so we subsidize homeownership for working class families. So these are people that have jobs and have good credit. They just don't have quite enough income to buy the average sales price in Lawrence. So we serve a lot of social workers, teachers, um, a lot of uh, occupations that, you know, we want to have in our community and they work hard. They just don't make a, a ton of money. Um, and so first time home buyer programs, you know, used to be where we would subsidize something to get somebody in and then they would sell it on the market and move on, which was great for that family. But what we realized over time was that those houses would be lost Um, would not be affordable after the first sale because Lawrence was appreciating so fast. So we decided to become a community housing trust and steward 
those homes. So we now have 84 homes that we steward. Mm. They are subsidized, but when that home buyer no longer needs that and is needs to move on to a bigger house or a smaller house and their lifestyle changes or family size changes, then they sell to another income eligible buyer in the program. So again, we have 84 permanently affordable starter homes. So that's so our big kind program. Of, kind of real estate agents there. Right, we are. So we do ownership and stewardship of that. So we have a long-term interest in that, which means we also provide a safety net to help someone and life happens and you lose your job, how do we help them make sure they can stay in their house? Or maybe they can't afford the house anymore. How do we help them transition to an affordable rental and we get that house to somebody else and avoid a foreclosure? So our home ownership program since 2005 has served 144 families and we have had zero foreclosures. Nice. So what is your biggest challenge? With home ownership, it's the cost. The Unfortunately, in Lawrence, incomes are much lower than average costs of housing. Um, there's a plethora of reasons for that. Uh, we're between two rivers. We don't expand a lot. Uh, we don't have enough housing stock. We're a bedroom community where a lot of people work in Kansas City and Topeka. All of these things make housing in high demand, and we don't have enough of it, so prices are high. But incomes of people who work here in Lawrence are not. So, um, you know, it's a gap issue. It's an economic issue. Um, and that challenge is, you know, does it make sense as a community for us to subsidize hardworking people to make sure that their kids have stability? And so when we go back to our mission statement, it's not just about housing, but about stability for families. And in my mind, we pay for it either way. Um, we pay for it in school services or programs to support kids that aren't in stable situations because they move every year to a new rental house. So to me, I'd much rather subsidize a family, get them in ownership, have them learn how to maintain their house and, and take care of an asset and build some equity and then move on um, to unsubsidized housing. So 86% of our homeowners when they sell their house, have built enough equity to buy on the unrestricted Lawrence market. That's great. Do they most of them stay in Lawrence when they do? Certainly some move to jobs in Kansas right. City or regionally or in other states, but the majority are able to to move on in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And since they're families, they would probably stay also because of the school. Right. They're part their of the community and, and part of home ownership allows them to kind of um, develop roots in this community. And we, you know, we don't want to lose them. And that's one of the kind of aspects of building ownership mm -hmm. families is that we do kind of root them to our community. So it's harder for them to leave us. Right. Do you have a success story or an example of a, of a successful transition um, that you can yes, share? Yes, absolutely. Um, we had a family that was actually homeless for a little while and moved into one of our rental programs, which is our, our second biggest program. So we do have affordable rentals. And what we love to do, although we don't always, but we love to do affordable rental housing where people can maybe pay off debt or get financially ready to buy. And then we move them into our home ownership program and then they're able to earn equity and then they move on. So truly looking at a family that went from homelessness to affordable rental where it was able to pay off some debts, improve their credit score, where they could get 
a home loan, then purchased in our program, was able to then earn some equity, and then got this particular single parent got remarried. So now they have two incomes coming in, and now they're able to move on to the unrestricted market. So homeless to unrestricted market, you know, we're very proud of, of those stories, and we've had more than one of those. That's great. That's great. The whole, the whole spectrum. How can the public help you help tenants to homeowners? Well, the, the biggest way is um, certainly being part of the affordable housing discussion, um, understanding that affordable housing doesn't have a stigma. It's not necessarily families that have nothing or don't work. There really is. We need to understand in Lawrence, most of the people that buy in our affordable housing homeownership program have good jobs. Uh, stable incomes have good credit. They just don't make enough to buy housing here. So the question is, do we want to become a community where the people who live and teach our children in Lawrence can't live in our community? And I, of course, say no to that. I think most of us, when we ask that question, say no. So we've got to really reimagine what we're talking about when we're talking about workforce housing. And that that is really critical. So the average sales price in Lawrence last year was $244,000, which requires way more than $80,000 a year you know, and, and kind of debt-free. Most of my families, even if they make more than 80000 they have a car loan and other things. So, you know, to be able to finance that kind of average sales price of a home is very challenging mm-hmm. for most working families in Lawrence. So we need to think about, does it make sense to help people be stable in housing and earn wealth through the way that most of us earn wealth is by buying a house, paying off the loan, and then we allow them to move out of the need for subsidy versus rental subsidy, which may go on forever. So I love that most of my home buyers move out of the need for subsidy at some point. And that's a good use of community dollars, right. if you ask me. Turn it turn it over to an additional group of people. Exactly. We're moving people through that process. Right. Now, we know there are some people with disabilities, some people in our community that I definitely want to be a part of our community um, that may never be able to afford ownership. And that's where we have rental housing that's affordable for for families. Um, and so I feel like for families and individuals, and that's probably the growing group is singles, millennials, and seniors mm-hmm. that are often one or two person households that often have income, but they only have the one income because they're a single person. Um, and that becomes very hard to have enough for own, for housing with only the one income, even if it's a decent income or they've saved and have retirement savings for their whole life. It's still challenging to afford housing. Um, so that's a group of, of people we also, I don't think, want to push out of our community, right. our seniors and our, our young people that are just starting off their career. Go ahead and give your contact information, um, phone number, website, ways that people can get in touch with you, and then we'll go on and talk a little bit more specifically about some of your programs and some of the upcoming workshops and things that you have going on. Sure. Well, uh, our website is tenants-to-homeowners.org. So tenants-to-homeowners, our name.org, is the best way to see all of our programs. Our rental applications are on there. Um, You're able to 
see homes for sale and read more about our programs. If you're um, a prospective renter or home buyer, we would love to hear from you. You can call our offices at 785-842-5494. And again, we are, are at the United Way Center. And if you're there, you could certainly stop by and get more information. We have uh, flyers and brochures about all of our programs. I know when you and I first talked, you were um, kind of promoting the senior housing in the area, in the senior rental housing. You have a new... Cedarwood Senior Cottages, which is 14 units of um, cottages, though they're duplexes, um, so they share one wall between garages, but they're actually six to 600 to 1,000 square foot one and two bedroom units. And in a circle, and all the porches kind of face each other, and there's a community cottage in the middle. There's gardens and, and all sorts of great things. So you really feel like you're part of a senior community within just a regular residential neighborhood. Um, and so those have been very, very successful, always full, um, although people move on. And, and so certainly all of our rental applications are free, which so I always tell people, even if we don't have something available now, fill out an application. We generally go to our pool of applicants whenever something comes up. And can you provide assistance with filling out the application? Absolutely, we can. We'll provide any accommodations needed. Um, and we have uh, Chastity Bryan, our rental maintenance manager, um, can help with any of that. Uh, so we try to do that and, and make sure that you are filling out the right application. We have our senior units. We have our regular units. And we also have 20 units for people with physical disabilities. Mm. And those are fully accessible units. Um, that also have a voucher so that you, the rents are set at a third of your monthly gross. So those are a very good, probably the most affordable, accessible units in Lawrence. And I'm assuming those are probably well known by the social workers, Jayhawk Area Agents and Aging, the various other senior groups to get we, people referred. We've had to a long them. waiting list, for, you know, a one year waiting list forever, but we've actually kind of gone through that. So if anyone's listening, for sure, um, get your application in. Because those are ones that, uh, you know, you generally need an application in, but it's probably worth it if you're paying a little more to be able to get to something accessible mm-hmm. and stable and you know that your rent will be very reasonable. And those are all rentals, so this isn't the, the homeowner right. part of what you do. These are long-term These are rentals. rentals. So we have um, 84 rentals that we manage. And again, different niches, seniors, people with uh, physical disabilities, as well as just normal family affordable rentals. Uh, We also have some for survivors of domestic violence. We have 11 new units, including the Restoration House, which we run with Willow Domestic Violence Center for women um, that are um, leaving domestic violence situations to get housing. So we're excited that we're, we're serving several niches of yeah. uh, groups of people that really affordable housing is probably the biggest obstacle to kind of moving on. And these are scattered all over Lawrence. Right. So it's There's, not, you know, this is a group of those people. It's, right. In, like you said, in neighborhoods. And we're trying to do all of our new developments. We're really focusing on scattering things. So I'm talking to some developers right now on the west side of town where we're looking at getting... 20 to 30 lots to build new affordable housing Mm. that you won't know. We'll just have a lot in this block and a lot in this block. And 
no one will know the difference. So, you know, most of our home ownership units are just scattered throughout neighborhoods and you wouldn't know um, that it's more affordable housing. So we like that. We feel like that's needed in every neighborhood Mm -hmm. and that we need every type of housing, you know, little one and two bedroom senior accessible houses, as well as three and four bedroom family houses. The affordable housing is an issue for everybody. So you have a workshop? So we do free first-time homebuyer workshops, and I should take out the first time. You don't have to be a first-time homebuyer to be eligible, so I just need to get rid of that. (laughs) But free homebuyer workshops, um, we do those every odd month on the second Saturday from 9.30 to 1.30. So that's a free resource for anybody in the community. You don't have to be income eligible for my program to just to learn how do you buy a house and not get taken advantage of how do you buy a reasonably priced house in Lawrence. So many of us could use that even if you are looking on the market. Um, But for anyone who feels like, gosh, I'll never be able to buy a house. They're just too expensive. I'd love for you to come. You'll be surprised. We sell houses 40 to $70,000 below market value. So that is a real game changer. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a $200,000 house on the market, I'm selling my brand new one uh, that was $210,000 for $140,000. So that becomes possible for a family of four that makes dollars $50,000 to buy. How do you get find these houses, get these houses? Does tenants to homeowners actually buy them at market value? and then Most of them we build. So okay. we are developing them and we use federal money to subsidize the, that okay. development and then lock that subsidy in trust because we can spend $50,000 on a subsidy if we know that home's going to serve not one family but 10 families down mm-hmm. the road. Um, but we love developing new housing because it does allow us to make sure it's energy efficient, affordable long-term in those ways, um, not doesn't require as much maintenance, um, is newer. But we also help, you know, our kind of a safety net when you do buy with us that we force you to put a, do a maintenance savings account. We have maintenance emergency loan funds and other things. We have a maintenance tool lending library which is all the tools that TTH uses for development. So we have everything you can borrow if you need to build a fence. So just some Mm. good ways that we kind of support homeowners in building equity and maintaining their home so that they can leave with with the most equity um, and move on to the unrestricted market. Because that can be a, a barrier, too. When you have a home, then you have all the other expenses of maintenance. You have to buy the shovel and the lawnmower and the, oh, yeah. you know, the Lord knows what. To, it can go to on and it, on. Keep it going. And yeah. the, in the home buyer Workshop, we talk about, you know, is home buying really the best deal for you? I will say no one likes to hear this, but... If you only have three or $400 a month for housing in Lawrence, renting is your best option. So mm-hmm. again, come up, apply for our rental programs. Um, you know, finding a good landlord and a reasonable rent is the challenge, but renting makes more sense because if the line breaks and you have a water leak, you call the landlord and they have to right. fix it. Now, I know some people say, Rebecca, that's assuming the landlord will fix it. <laughs> right. And I know that's a challenge, but they legally have to, and you have resources that you can make them do that, where if you own it, you have to fix it. Right. So there is a reality of if you, certain incomes, I actually tell people renting is your best option right now. Verse, but we see a lot of people that pay, you know, anywhere from eight hundred to twelve hundred a month in rent. And most of my 
three and four bedroom homes are eight fifty a month in mortgage payment. So, so it just depends on where you probably where you are in your your work work cycle, what right. size your family is, what um, size you need, and what cost. But yeah, a fair market rent of a four bedroom is somewhere in the fifteen hundred dollar range in Lawrence. I can have you buy a house for much lower right, than that. Right. Now, you have to have decent credit to get the mortgage loan. And so that's another thing that we can help people with. A lot of people are kind of throw their hands up. Oh, you know, I got divorced and my credit was ruined through that process. That is not unusual. And you don't want to feel bad. You just want to get on a plan to start working on that. So if someone wanted help with that, with maybe getting ready to buy a home or getting back into a good credit rating, would come into the Homebuyer workshop. The, the homebuyer workshop would be the way to go. We'll talk a lot about that. What lender needs to see, and then we'll have a plan, and then we'll do a one-on-one meeting with you after the workshop and go over your specific needs and how you can get to pre-approval. And sometimes that takes six months to twenty-four months to mm-hmm. two years. So you, you know, I hate to see people. Oh, I'm on this plan, and then they come to me a month before they're ready to buy but they need to do 12 months of credit work. So I'd rather you come early and find out you need to do 12 months of credit work so that we can keep on your timetable and get you ready for that. The people that offer the the assistance and the counseling to this, are they your staff members? Are they volunteers? Um, I provide workshops, me and my staff do, and then the, the meetings are with our staff, but we also send people to housing and credit counseling, which is a nonprofit in Lawrence that does a great job on credit counseling and um, use other nonprofits if their services are needed. Um, so we have a, a great group of people. The housing, the Lawrence Douglas County Housing Authority does mm-hmm. um, education and information on, on working to buy. And we, this year, in fact, we've had three housing authority voucher um people that, that get vouchers are have been able to buy with our program and move on. Oh, nice. Nice. So do you use volunteers? We don't use a tremendous amount, but we certainly love, like, work days. If you have a mm. group of volunteers that you would like to get out in the fresh air and do some manual labor, we have landscaping, painting, other things. Again, it requires decent weather, but in the spring and fall and right. summer, we love to have groups come and paint one of our rentals or um, do something. And that's kind of fun because then you're like, yes, I, I painted that house. And every time you drive by it, you were a part of affordable right, housing. Right. Notice that it's getting bad again and yeah, schedule you, another, exactly. another work, work time. <laughs> we also have the Helping Hammer program, which is for seniors, and it's a sliding scale uh, maintenance program. So you call the Senior Resource Center at 785 785- 842-0543 if you are interested in the Helping Hammer program, which is our um, contractors and maintenance individuals that work for the nonprofit will go out and on a sliding scale, depending on your income, provide uh, maintenance from anywhere as cheap as $15 an hour for two laborers to uh, $50 an hour, which is still a good deal for two general contractor handymen that uh, know what they're doing, and that's their full-time job is to fix rental problems. So these folks have already been vetted, too. It's not some fly-by-night guy popping in going, hey, give me some money and I'll fix your front porch. You all have employed by tenants to homeowners? Yes, they're employed by tenants to homeowners. We have bonded insurance, and, and they are very special people that 
uh, work with all of our tenants who we have, you know, some that are marginalized and, and some that have had trauma. So um, these are contractors with amazing social skills. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a good combination for any senior that is a little scared to let someone in their house. And we're kind of focusing on um, just general handyman one to three hour jobs that they can get done that you need. Um, although we're looking at getting more funding where we can do long day long jobs like building a fence or another bigger job. So we're excited to expand that program because the need is great. Right. But even for those one to three hour things of, um, being able to fix a porch railing that's broken or, um, re-leveling your, refrigerator. I mean, right. all of that is things that seniors would definitely or putting need a new with. appliance in, getting something right. set up like that, uh, changing lights if they're high up mm. and someone can't get to them. So they would call your office to get So they would call the that, Senior the Resource senior Center and they will sign them up for um, the slots that we have. So uh, sometimes, you know, if it's something you need done tomorrow, we might not be able to, but if you can wait a week, um, you can usually get in a slot pretty quickly. Are there any other programs or um, upcoming things that you want to talk about? Well, I think that's, you know, if anyone's looking for um, home ownership or rental, you know, we want to we hear from you and get your application. If anyone has an old rental house that, you know, they just want to get out of the business, maybe our seniors and they've been doing it for years and they would like a tax write-off. Mm. We have received several houses the, for the first time last year. And so we are able, you could leave your legacy in Lawrence, donate a house to us. We will do the work, get it ready for ownership and then put it in trust. So that donation will permanently subsidize a house in trust for families. And you could serve 10 families as their starter home who raised their kids in that house just like you did at one point. I think a lot of people are really excited about that's a legacy that stays in Lawrence, right. you know, a house in Lawrence that we maintain. And and particularly for many of you that maybe rented out your that first house, that mm-hmm. starter house that you raised your kids in, there's kind of something special to pay that forward. Right, right. And to have the, be able to have the house continue to be used without having to go to like the expense yourself of right. fixing it up. If you are looking to to pay the commission downsize. for a real estate agent, right. get paid. I mean, I know you could probably sell it to an investor as a rental property for students, but if you'd rather it go to a family and have us fix it up and you not have to worry about it and you can take, you know, we can give you the market value as a um, 501c3 tax write off. So for many people, the, the lady, um, the generous lady that donated last year to us, she was selling one rental property and the capital gains on that would have been, you know, a certain amount and donated her other property to us to wash that out. So mm. it, it made a lot of financial sense for her, right. but she really felt it was a great way to pay it forward. So that is something we're really trying to do more of and partly because that allows us to get into different neighborhoods mm-hmm. too. maybe neighborhoods where there aren't infill lots that we can build a new house in, but we can acquire a house like that and, and bring it up to standards. You know, if it's been a rental house for a long time, not that you haven't taken care of it, but you know, we can put some money into it because of your generous donation and then keep it affordable for that family. Even better than donating your car to public radio, you can go to audio <laughs> reader. You can donate your house to tenants to homeowners. Very similar, especially if you have heirs on the East Coast that don't want to mess with it, right? <laughs> right, right. 
Give your contact information again, the dates of the Tenants to Homeowners Workshop. Yes, every odd month. So the next one will be January 11th of 2020, and the next one would be March 14th of 2020. So again, the second Saturday of every odd month. Um, at the United Way At building. the United Way building, 2518 Ridge Court, and from 9.30 to 1.30 on the second Saturday of that month. And no reservations, just drop in? No reservations required, although if you have questions, see our website or call our office. But that's a great way to get started. And then we'll do a one-on-one session with you where we can talk individually about your finances or work on your credit. Um, and then anyone else who's interested in, in renting or is ready to own, you know, come to the workshop. But if you're interested in renting, uh, fill out an application. Again, they're free. And uh, so it m- means I recommend you fill it out now. It doesn't cost you anything. And that way we have you in our pool of applicants when something becomes available. And the website for that? Uh, Tenants-to-homeowners.org. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm excited to continue to provide stability for families through affordable housing in Lawrence. I'm excited for you to be here. I did not realize until until I talked with you at that event um, that you did have specific housing for seniors. So I think that's for our audience and for my you know interest area, that's great to have a specific accessible and um, neighborhood oriented to and right. over 50, over 50, over 55 Well, and I should mention that we're doing a new development on 19th and Boleyn, which is the first RS3, which means smaller lots, 3,000 square foot lots. There are none in Lawrence. Um, The smallest lots are 5,000 square feet. So this is kind of moving to a little smaller, lower maintenance lots, and we're going to be building smaller houses for seniors and singles. So millennials and seniors, where you don't want a giant house, you want a little two-bedroom with a nice little yard, but nothing that's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, overwhelming to maintain. And will these be mostly accessible? Yes. Okay. So we have two small house floor plans. One that would require um, being able to climb up to a loft space. And so those would be more for the younger millennial. The other floor plan we're working on would be fully accessible for seniors. Great. So we're excited that those are kind of houses we really haven't seen in our market Mm -hmm. yet, kind of 600 to 800 square foot single family houses. And the newly passed double density bonus allows us to build two of those little senior cottages on one lot for affordable housing only. So you're going to see some of those come up in neighborhoods where we do two little senior houses And, and or maybe a millennial and we we sell one to a millennial and one to a senior, and we create that help in that community right there. Right, right. Kind of going back to that community housing where your neighbors all gather together and help each other that with your various talents. That you're helping each other, right. right. And I think we're seeing that is the trend across the country, and Lawrence is right in that, that we're talking about what type of housing do people need as we're seeing the demographic age and uh, millennials have smaller families. Uh, we and, and we're all kind of trying to declutter and not have such a big house or yard we'd rather go out and have fun downtown at an event right so we're really looking at how can we create affordable housing that meets these new demands on housing requirements so these are not tiny houses that are under 450 square feet which i think is a whole nother you know dedication to a different lifestyle but 600 to a thousand square feet 
is just a reasonable space, mm-hmm. Manageable. but in a single family design. So you're not sharing walls on both sides, uh, but more affordable because and having it's a yard smaller. and having a little yard and outdoor space um, that you enjoy. But you can also then have money to do other things in the community. Right. right. So this is about where we'd normally wrap things up on the podcast. But as we were chatting off mic, we realized there was a little bit more to discuss. And because this organization and this issue of affordable housing is really at the center of so many community issues, we turned the mics back on and we're going to pick up just where Rebecca is talking about some of the funding mechanisms and the different efforts that allow affordable housing to continue to be a community priority here in Lawrence. Certainly thankful for the housing trust funds, which was a sales tax voted on um, almost two years ago, but is now just starting to be funded for the city. So a half of a cent sales tax that goes to affordable housing now and is allocated annually. So those funds are a new funding source and we're expecting about a million dollars a year that um, the public you know, provides to say, yes, we agreed through a vote that affordable housing is a huge problem in our community and that the public supports that. And so making sure that that funding is going to uh, nonprofit uh, or permanently affordable housing, so not just subsidizing once, but how do we maintain that affordability over time? And is that administered through the Douglas County Housing Authority, the, the money it, when it comes It's in? administered um, through the city and okay. the Affordable Housing Advisory Board, which, um, you know, sends out an RFP and, and goes through applications and decides what projects um, deserve support. Um, and so we have, you know, successfully received several of those funds in the last few years and, and hope to continue as that pot of money is growing, that permanently affordable housing like the Community Housing Trust, where once a home unit is subsidized, it never becomes unaffordable. It's always going to serve a starting family in ownership, um, I think is really important because, I mean, a lot of federal funding for housing is, oh, well, you have to keep it affordable for 15 years or 30 years, which seems like a lifetime, but 30 years goes by really quickly. So in my 20 years of doing this work, the one thing I've learned is that that goes by fast and that as a community, if we're going to put public money into something, we really need to think of the long-term stewardship of that money and make sure that it serves affordability in perpetuity is, is right. what the Community Housing Trust tries to do. What about efforts towards living wage? I know there's an effort in Lawrence for living wage and, and working with the city commission and other people, that business has, owners. That has to be one of the silver bullets. You know, there's no silver bullet with affordable housing, but one of the the needs is certainly livable wages. Um, you know, there's such a great debate on what does that work? Does that not work? I always feel like we have to continue to push for livable wages. Someone's making money, you know. Um, I don't think little, small-time business owners are, but big corporations right. are. And how do we make sure people have livable wages, health care? That's a huge thing I see. You know, a lot of times people have enough for ha- to buy a house, but half of their income is going to health care costs. Right. So... All those pieces we need to figure out as a society, but we also need to figure out how to make housing 
more affordable as part of that piece too. I, I don't think solving wages is, is necessarily going to solve the gap between what it costs us to build. Because you do have the, the subset too of the, the elderly who may be having health or disability issues, which they can no longer afford the home they're in or the people with developmental disabilities exactly. also access to this. That's, and that won't be affected by wages. That's such a great point, Lori, that we still want a mixed income community of people with disabilities, of people that have limited abilities to work full time for stay at home moms to be able to, um, you know, have a house for their kids and a one family wage. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces, moving parts to that. But I think um, we need all of those pieces to really let people um, thrive in our community and to be able to not lose the diversity that I think most of us really enjoy in our community Mm -hmm. and will not really realize until it's gone what an impact that will make on how Lawrence feels. Is there a statewide tenant homeowners group? Are there state no, we are, issues. we are the only community housing trust that owns the land and keeps houses permanently affordable in the state of wow. Kansas. Um, there are 300 across the country, mostly on the coast because that gap is so large right. on the coast. Um, but to us, there's discussions in Kansas City. There's definitely some in Missouri, um, but regionally. Um, we're one of the leaders, and I'm proud of Lawrence for that, right. in affordable, you know, permanently affordable ownership housing. Um, and I think we can continue to push that envelope. So you would do some work statewide or just part of your advocacy for Yeah, Lawrence, we'd I love think, would... to keep pushing work for affordable housing. You know, these are all questions that are happening across the country. You know, does single family zoning make it impossible to do affordable small cottages for seniors? Right. These are all right. questions. Suburban landscaping. Does that make it hard to really create mixed income neighborhoods. These are all things that are not unique to Lawrence. The gap between what incomes make and what housing costs is not a unique situation. We have a housing crisis across this country, but we are right in the the heart of the debate um, and really pushing the envelope with this double density bonus. We are one of the first communities to say, yeah, we really need to be creative about solutions on how can we create senior housing and millennial housing without totally changing zoning laws. Um, So this is a, a really unique ordinance that has been passed. I know it was pretty controversial in some of the older neighborhoods in Lawrence. Um, You know, there was a few very loud, negative people, but the majority actually were very supportive of it. Most people loved single family ownership housing, you know, Um, and so we're just saying we're not increasing density. We're just building two small houses, the same footprint of one big one. Mm -hmm. So remember, we're not adding density or parking or taking out um, green space. We're just saying we want to be able to do two units of smaller housing instead of just one big one. Um, So again, that's kind of stretching. When we first brought it up, the city was like, why? Why are you trying to do this? And as we kept talking about it, it was the needs of people's housing needs have changed. We need smaller houses with one car driveways um, and not giant four bedroom houses. Right, right. Or a block being used or a lot being used for six apartments. Right, right. So again, I would argue single family 
owner-occupied housing, you'd want that in any neighborhood. And remember, in the Community Housing Trust, the people that own it cannot move out and rent it out. They actually right. have to sell it back to another homeowner. So you're Keeps never that guaranteed feel. that your neighbor isn't going to be a renter. And I don't mean to demonize renters, but there's definitely a different interest in your investment in the community if you're an owner versus a renter. So the reality is I'd rather be next to a land trust owner because I know that will always be owner occupied and they will have a commitment to the community mm-hmm. in only a way that a homeowner does. Makes sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We have been speaking to Rebecca Buford, the Executive Director of Tenants to Homeowners, which is located in Lawrence, Kansas. That's it for this edition of the Good Works in the Heartland podcast. Next week, we're going to have a special bonus episode. We're going to be talking about Medicare with the enrollment deadline that's coming up on December 7th. So Lori Phillips with the Senior Resource Centre for Douglas County will be joining us for a quick blast of info on that deadline and on Medicare in general. So if you're enrolled in Medicare or you know somebody who is, be sure and tune in next week. We'll post that right after the holidays next Friday. Lots more info on Medicare, kind of a crash course generally. So that'll be posted next week. And after that, on our regular podcast schedule, which is about one episode every two weeks. Next up, we'll be talking to Michelle Dillon with the Jayhawk Area Agency on Aging, and we'll post that in early December. If you are part of a nonprofit or a service group doing good work in the community and you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you can contact Laurie Kessinger here at Audio Reader. Her email address is LRK, just those three letters, LRK at KU.edu. In the meantime, don't forget to join the new Facebook group to keep up to date with everything to do with the podcast. Spread the word to anyone you think will be interested in the topics and the organizations we're featuring. And we'll see you next time on Good Works in the Heartland. The Good Works in the Heartland podcast is a production of the Audio Reader Network.